0: I'm Owen from Bite Size Irish Gaelic. Welcome to episode 21 ever a of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. Even if you're alone learning to speak Irish outside of Ireland, don't despair. Rest assured that there are thousands like you across the globe all interested in tapping into Ireland's native culture. For all about this podcast, go to www.bitesizeirishgaelic.com forward slash podcast. And today I am joined by Mara Bernstein. Mara, do you want to to you? Sure, I to you. I I here. In Ireland. And, uh, hmm. Um. How old Mara? How Well, tami,
1: tami imahone in e Bloomington, Indiana. Um. So Tommy in non uh, iher Americano. Um. But roger August me in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ann Arbor, uh, Michigan. Machone, hmm. Yep. in uh, Bloomington, Indiana. Kien
0: fad like kivids kilometer no mile will ider Bloomington August Ann Arbor uh uh will say father? will
1: have uh mm. kuig like, or so mm. uh um like hashe to in uh gthapi so bezer uh 3 mila it's like over 300 mm-hmm. miles Bezer. Uh,
0: Ann Arbor August Bloomington Okay Nin general of America in America yeah America In tatuig valid in All right so we'll switch on over to English but you said that you were born and raised in Ann Arbor Michigan and now you're living in Bloomington Indiana Correct. The reason I wanted to have you on was that you're involved with um, an immersion weekend for the Irish language, isn't that right?
1: I am. I am. It's an amazing event that my friend Devin Blankenship started organizing back in 2009, and I've been sort of helping him organize it and run it since 2010. Mm-hmm. So it's about 48 hours of Irish language immersion. The goal is Irish language immersion, but we have people who join us who are at all levels of Irish language from absolute beginners, so the absolute bunrong lowest level, mm. to all people who are LiFA and fluent whether they learn their fluency as adults or have spoken Irish since birth or learned they have school Irish from Ireland mm. so it's a, a great mix of people here in Bloomington Indiana our immersion weekend we've had it anywhere from late March to early May but we try to do it in the spring because we try to go opposite of the immersion weekend that takes place in Madison Wisconsin that Denine grow and her her group of volunteers has going. And so they usually, they pretty steadily have it the first weekend of October up in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, So the model for our immersion weekend, and again, I say our, because uh, Devin Blankenship and all his work, and we've been doing a lot of stuff together over the years, Our weekend is definitely modeled off of the immersion weekend that Deneen Grow and all of her people do up in Madison, Wisconsin. Hmm. So, yeah, it's a good, fun weekend. Things tend to get started about uh, 6 p.m. on Friday night. We do a little bit of of class so that people can figure out what level they're going to be comfortable in. Uh, And then we have some sort of activity. For the past few years, it's generally a musical performance or artistic performance of some kind. And then we land ourselves somewhere where there is food and drink. Mm. And there's a lot of fun conversation and merriment. And then Saturday is the big day. Uh, We get started around 9 a.m. and we're going until way into the evening. But uh, we have some hours of classroom time with our four or five (laughs) teachers. And so you're getting quite the people who attend do get almost 10 hours of classroom time. But throughout Saturday, there's some classroom time, we have time for other sort of workshops and classes that have a little more to do with maybe other Celtic languages or the arts or music or Gaelic sports. And then we also go out to lunch together in groups where like sort of the levels are kind of mingled. So you'll have People who are in the Bunrong and people who are in the Ardrong sitting next to each other at lunch, and the people from the Bunrong get to practice what they've just learned. It's really great, and there's a lot of confidence building that happens in those moments, and it's really a wonderful thing.
0: Mm, that sounds good. Uh, can I come and attend sometime? <laughs>
1: yeah, Ushar. Sounds <laughs> really good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We would love to have you come on over for this. Sure. It'd be great. Um,
0: Mara, bring me back. Like, how come you got introduced to the Irish? language? Because from what I remember, it was a bit of like a roundabout way.
1: It was very roundabout. So as you said, my name is Mara Bernstein, uh, not really a name that you hear too much in Ireland. (laughs) So I, in some ways makes no difference, in some ways makes all the difference, but I have no Irish heritage whatsoever. My people came to the US four generations ago from various parts of Central and Eastern Europe and Russia. So I, being Jewish and having that kind of immigrant past, Mm. I feel that I relate pretty well to a lot of people of Irish descent in the United States, but I have no direct connection to Ireland or Irish culture history language, anything like that. So this all got started when I was very interested in archaeology back in college over 10 years ago, and I found a brochure for an an archaeology field school on Ackle Island off of County Mayo, mm. and I signed up for it. it. The brochure was very pretty. I went, and I knew very little about Irish history and culture beyond what is sort of put out there in Hollywood and in, in you know society at a very basic surface level. But I spent a summer on Ackle Island back in 2003, and it was really one of the most formative summers of my life. Came back from my last year of college. I went to Kenyon College in Ohio. My professor's encouraged me to apply for a Fulbright grant to go back to Ireland to study tourism because I had noticed that tourism was so important to life on Achill and I was just asking all these different questions about mm. you know how do people function not fu- function isn't even the best word but how does life work when up to 3 months of the year is the focus is tourists and not the community itself so that was one of the questions I asked but that's almost another lifetime ago, but Ackle is this beautiful, wonderful place that does have a history of Irish up to this day. So it's not even history, it's it's present day, uh, and it still was years before I started actively seeking out the language. So I was aware that there was Irish around. I was aware that the Irish language existed, but I didn't get it. I didn't understand it really. And it wasn't until I had moved to Bloomington, Indiana, to start some graduate coursework in anthropology, that I really started to learn more, learn the story of the Irish language and learn what a, an exciting, complex story it is. So I, it happened that I randomly bumped into Devin Blankenship in a computer lab on the IU campus. Sorry, IU being Indiana University. And the Indiana University campus is, is massive. It is very, very big. Hmm. So the fact that Devin and I cross paths at all is really amazing. But we happened to be in this computer lab at the same time. He heard me talking to a friend and I said things about Ackle Island. I was talking about pipe bands. I never actually said Ireland, but Devin had a moment of of bravery, of boldness, the good kind. And he just said, excuse me, are you talking about Ireland? And next thing we know, we were talking for like 30 minutes about all these things about Ireland. And He didn't mention anything about the language, but I happened to just sort of say I I would love to learn more about the language and learn the language. Mm -hmm. And then his light bulbs went off for him. Not light bulbs, but he was very excited because at that time he was trying to gather people together to learn the language. And so it was kind of cosmic that we crossed paths. I
0: can understand that because we hear from so many people who... They're probably the only person in their locality, unless they're in a big city yeah. like San Francisco or something. Right. They're just learning on their own, so to be able to just bump into somebody who's also interested in learning—that's really cool. So that's already a privilege. I can get that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it definitely is, um, and so it's really important to make an interest like this known, Devin and I talk to a lot of people who are exactly in the position you just described. They Mm. think they're the only one around, but the more that someone talks about this interest, the more people get, you know, curious about it and, and stop and think like, oh, maybe I like, I have some Irish heritage or, oh, here's a minority language, I have people in my background that spoke a minority language. Maybe I can't get access to that language, but maybe I'll give Irish a go. But really just the more you kind of put it out there, the more, you know, this cosmic universe kind of pushes back and you find these other people. Hmm. So it takes some time and energy. It takes a certain kind of special personality to do this, but I do think that there are more people out there than we realize who are interested and would put in the time and energy to connect with other speakers and learners and and be part of the Irish language community. So back to the, like the storyline of what happened, even after I met Devin, it took about six months for me to start actively participating in any sort of Irish language activities. But I then spent, I attended the Irish language immersion weekends that Devin was organizing in Bloomington and I went up to Madison, Wisconsin. I went to Chicago, Illinois for different Irish language events. And the network of people is just amazing. So there is this great network of people between Indiana, Illinois, and Wisconsin, and there's sort of a core there, and a corridor would be a little more accurate. And then there are people who are part of this network who are in other surrounding states. I've noticed something very interesting, that we haven't been able to cross the state border between Indiana and Ohio. Ohio has loads of people of Irish descent. One of the biggest Irish festivals in the world is in Dublin, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio has a very strong connection to County Mayo and Ackill Island especially, but I've not been able to get any to make any real strong contacts in terms of Irish language in Ohio. So if anyone is in Ohio, we should
0: talk. Oh, that's a good call out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny what we see at Bite Size Irish Gaelic because there, there's things that maybe I can't explain because I'm in Ireland and I don't have the full context, but right. For example, our biggest audience, not majority, but the one biggest state in the U.S. that's always kind of affected us has been California. So if I thought about it just naturally, I would have said, "Okay, like the city of Boston to start off with, the number of people that we actually come across who are coming from Boston, Boston is pretty small. So it's funny how the mixes go in San Francisco, for example, they have their own immersion weekend, which is quite popular.
1: I mean, some of that is just based on like raw numbers, um, like just the population. But now I will actually be in the San Francisco, in the Bay Area. I'll be in San Francisco next week. So hopefully I'll be connecting and reconnecting with some of the Irish speakers I've met out there. But there really are a lot of people across the United States that are a part of this Irish language community. I definitely see it as a community, as a network, because we are connected border to border and coast to coast in the United States, but our connection also ties very Directly back to Ireland because many of us have been very fortunate to attend places like Ediscoil or um, to go to Connemara and go to Ars Kine. We definitely have the Fulbright Commission, the Ireland-U.S. Fulbright Commission, and Udaras na or not Udaras na Tacta, but the Department of Guelta Affairs. I mean, I know I'm botching the title of that, but many of us have to give thanks to these different people who've supported us getting across the pond in order to do Irish immersion in
0: Ireland. But Mara, I can imagine somebody who's listening to this and they're saying, OK, that's fine. There's a lovely community of people who are kind of in that connection. But like if you're just uh, becoming interested in Irish and you want to learn and you actually don't know anybody, like what do you do? So you're basically saying be proactive.
1: Yep. <laughs> so there are lots of things that I guess the first step, the first question I have for people is how comfortable are you on a computer and on the internet? Because if, if someone who's interested in Irish in learning the Irish language is comfortable on the computer and comfortable on the internet, there are so many opportunities to connect with people or other resources. Now, if someone's not comfortable on the computer or on the internet, there's still ways to connect. It just is a little more challenging. So one of the things that Devin has done is to set up through Facebook, a group called Glow Skype, and some people are definitely connecting through that. So it's utilizing Facebook and Skype to help people connect, and it kind of ebbs and flows with how much it gets used, but there are people who are definitely connecting, finding each other on Glow Skype, and then chatting and and speaking and interacting over Skype.
0: That's really good, and we'll link you up to Glow Skype in the show notes so people can find that.
1: Excellent, excellent.
0: Mara, I want to, if you don't mind, I wanted to jump over to, we almost met.
1: We did, we? <laughs> we did. I really think that we were probably like a few yards away from each other because yeah. I was like reading in my car. Yeah, anyways, I, one of the summers that I spent in Ireland, and I can't even recall now, was it 2010 or 2011? Maybe
0: 11 in the end. Yeah.
1: Okay. Might've been 11. This was one of the summers I was very fortunate to spend in Ireland. And because I I have this connection to Ackle Island, I was based on Ackle Island. Mm. I had connected with Owen and I had heard about Bite Size Irish Gaelic and I thought it was great. And we were texting back and forth and realized that we were both going to be at Crow Patrick on the same day. And texting back and forth and back and forth, but we just, we just missed each other. The timing was just off or the text messages, technology failed us and we didn't get our text messages at the right time. So we were probably both in the parking lot enjoying the sunshine at the same time, but we didn't actually get to meet face to face in reality.
0: We were on our way back down to County Clare and County Limerick when your last message came in mm. and it was saying like, Hey Owen, I'm in the car park.
1: Oh. Yeah. I said,
0: no. So yeah, we must have been literally yeah. yards from each other, but we have never met yet. Yeah? <laughs>
1: not not in person, not in person. There's been some good <laughs> Skype conversations over the years. Um, yeah. th- thankfully things like I mean, obviously bite size Irish Gaelic, like the website itself, as well as Facebook allows us to kind of keep tabs on each other and hmm. and for me, like Facebook is priceless in terms of meeting other people, finding other people and organizations who are interested in supporting the Irish language. Some people do it very uh, implicitly. It's very subtle. And other people are very explicit. And like, we are all about the Irish language. We kind of don't even want to speak English with you. And then everything in between. Okay. Um, so Facebook is really priceless. There are Facebook groups and pages interested in Irish all around the world and interested in helping people learn it and practice it so Facebook is a great great tool. So when
0: you're using Facebook personally like do you use Irish on your own like personal profile or are you posting as part of the Bloomington group or like what's happening?
1: So on my own personal Facebook account, I will definitely I don't post all that much, but I will definitely use Irish. Like, for example, on April 25th, my brother and sister-in-law gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. Mm. And uh, on Facebook, I posted, I have a new niece. And I wrote, Ta nacht nua agam. Mm. And so then people were replying in Irish and in English. And it was really, really nice. And so anybody who is friends with me but doesn't know Irish, they've come to know that this language they can't understand is Irish. <laughs> and so the people are gaining awareness of it just by being Facebook friends with me. But then the people who, who know what I'm saying will respond in Irish. And it's just nice to get a few words, few sentences of practice. Uh, it could be daily. Sometimes it's not daily, but I will definitely post things in Irish or about Irish on my own Facebook page. I will comment and post things uh, that happen in the Bloomington Irish language group and in some of the other Irish language groups as well. So it's just a nice place to be able to, to interact.
0: Mm, lovely. Well, I hope if there's a few listeners or two listeners are listening to this And uh, they get some inspiration to actually just get out there, get a bit proactive Yeah. and uh, connect on Facebook, if just Facebook. That's a great tip already.
1: Yeah, it's very helpful. I mean, one of the things to realize, one of the things that I've learned over the years and that has kept me so active and involved is that the language attracts really wonderful people. Mm. Um, And the community is very... Uh, open and welcoming and engaging. I mean, it takes a certain, as I kind of said this before, it takes a certain personality to want to sit down and learn a minority heritage language um, and one that is perceived as being so challenging. And so a lot of these people, these special personalities are very funny, very witty, very artistic and creative. And so when we get together, we have a really good time. There's a lot of laughter and smiling and just good fun. So that when I say just get out there to meet people is hopefully not a challenging, difficult thing to do because you're going to be meeting these very kind, generous, genuine people.
0: I like it. And like we've spoken before in this podcast, though, about kind of the academic side of learning the Irish language. And it can feel pretty often if you're reading forums or something related to the Irish language, it can feel a bit like there's a barrier there, I have to say, between, yeah, yeah you're, you're just kind of a beginner. And then these academics who want to discuss whether there's a H in Fane or Mahane or Mephane and how it's written and um, what mistakes everybody else is making. So, like, what's your feeling about that?
1: Yeah, I have a couple things to say on that matter. So first and <laughs> foremost, I have my own issues with academia and academics, not just as regards to the Irish language, but as regards to a lot of things. So academia is a really great thing. It needs to exist, but it can't continue to exist as some people are are doing it. It can't continue to be this separated, walled off elitist exclusive thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that applies especially to minority languages and heritage languages like Irish, but it applies to a lot. So I encourage people to politely ignore academics who aren't welcoming and encouraging and supportive of people learning the Irish language. And I invite people to politely ignore people who make it unnecessarily difficult or challenging because it shouldn't be it's a living language and it should be applicable to daily life it should be enjoyable and that's the way that learning absolutely any language should be so that's that's one of my thoughts about this sort of division in the academic world is that it's just kind of unnecessary and so if <laughs> i'm speaking now to the people who are thinking about learning irish or at the beginning stages or feel that they're struggling like struggle it's hard And that's okay. But it should always be fun and enjoyable. And don't stick around people who don't allow it to be fun and enjoyable. Go and find those people who are fun and enjoyable. Come to Bloomington, Indiana. We are fun and enjoyable. So... (laughs) you know, the academics, academia has to protect its importance. It has to support itself in some way. And so arguing about whether there has to be an H in fein or hain, like mo fein, yeah, fine, whatever. You argue about that all day long. I think the rest of us want to just get to the point where we can express ourselves and be understood. And I think most Irish speakers will still understand the point of what one is saying, whether they say mahane or mahfane. So that's my opinion. The other thing to remember I ask this of a lot of people, a lot of adult learners who are verbally beating themselves up for not learning faster. I ask them, how long did it take you to learn English? How long did it take you to learn your first language? and the correct answer is probably anywhere from 6 to 10 years. So if you think about it, how long does it take for any person to master their native or first language? It's years. So don't no one needs to beat themselves up for not picking up a language in, you know, a matter of months or just a couple years unless you're doing full-on immersion and you are fully committed It's going to take a while. You're going to make mistakes and mistakes are how you learn. So get out there and try it and again, do your best to have fun with it and have it be a a happy, positive thing. And again, if those academics get in your way, step away from them and come (laughs) hang out with the people who are learning outside of the academic setting. Now, all of that being said, I don't Mm -hmm. want to disrespect the academic setting. They're very necessary. I appreciate them very much. In fact, I'm considering getting back into the academic setting, Mm -hmm. but I do strongly believe that learning a language should be about learning how to communicate effectively, not learning how to communicate to the point where the grammatical correctness is like coming out of a a grammar book, Mm -hmm. because for those of us speaking English as our native language or Speaking any language is your native language. No one speaks like a grammar
0: book. So Mm -hmm. why
1: try learning a grammar book? Try learning how people speak and how you're going to speak.
0: Very wise words, I have to say. Oh, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Mara, um, if people subscribe to your philosophy, and I definitely do. So with the Immersion Weekend, you were telling me that 2014 has already... Past uh, for you, so there'll be one next mm-hmm. year in twenty fifteen. So, what should people do to maybe get in contact with you or? Just kind of keep track of what you do.
1: So I'm I'm happy to have people contact me directly at any time. So I'm happy to give out my email address because I'm a little trickier to find on Facebook if you're not already friends with me. Mm. But my email address is madburns at indiana.edu. That's M-A-D-B-E-R-N-S at indiana.edu. But look for Bloomington Irish Language Group on Facebook. You can find any number of us on Facebook. Devin Blankenship is uh, the best person to contact. But yeah, just searching for us on Facebook, you'll be able to get in touch with us. And we will start, like the big push will happen uh, mid to late fall. We'll really get information out there about signing up for the immersion weekend. I believe, and I can get exact dates for you, Owen, but the 2015 Immersion Weekend, the Detesachtina Askuelga, it will be in that first weekend of May in 2015.
0: Mm. So plenty of time to get ready for it at time of recording.
1: Plenty of time. Plenty of time to get ready. And so uh, we're just here at the beginning of June, early October, I believe the first weekend of October, there's going to be an immersion weekend in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm. And I believe if you were to just Google Celtic cultural community, Madison, Wisconsin, you would find it would come up, you would find all the contact information for that group. So again, that was the Celtic cultural community in Madison, Wisconsin. So, yeah, October in Wisconsin, May in Bloomington, Indiana. And then there's stuff happening even in Chicago and Milwaukee. So there's a lot going on, a lot going on.
0: Yeah, excellent. And just to throw it in there, I'll be at the Milwaukee Irish Fest this year. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: Oh, excellent.
0: Uh, yeah. If there's any listeners who are planning to attend, uh, you'll find me at the Irish Language Tent Um in the cultural village i think
1: excellent i have yet to attend that myself but some of my some of my favorite people from the irish language community i am pretty sure will be there as well so do say hello to karen rushkin and michael reagan they are wonderful people Mm. um they are some of the people who have co- have learned Irish to the point of fluency as adults, and they are wonderful teachers, both in and out of the classroom. Hmm. So any beginners out there, Mike Reagan, Karen Reshkin, they're an adorable couple, and they've learned Irish together. They are great to chat with. They're great to practice and learn from. I can't say enough good things about those two. So I think they're going to be up there. Uh, but if not, they do teach at the Irish American Heritage Center in Chicago. So uh, really wonderful people to be in contact with.
0: Sure. And while we're saying thank yous, I just wanted to say thanks to Brenda Sutton, who uh, suggested to Have a chat with you for the podcast. You were already on the list. Oh, wonderful. uh, Thank you. That just kind of pushed (laughs) you up the list. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent.
1: Yep. Brenda uh, has been very helpful at the immersion weekends. She has been helping us do sort of a silent auction to help raise money. um, So people have a variety of Irish things things that they purchased in Ireland that they no longer need, just all sorts of things. And so we do a silent auction for them. So all sorts of Irish like books or just other Irish things uh, have are moving around our community while we're raising a little bit of money. So we really appreciate all that Brenda does for the Irish language community in Indiana. So thanks Brenda. Good maggot. Good
0: meal maggot. Well <laughs> later. Well, Mara, Gurmila Mahagotza as the for and I hope you have a great
1: time to oh, <spellulatory> yeah, we
0: right. to um, Number one, uh Take <smartan> <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> a going
1: to
0: Good year, okay. Well, thanks a lot to Mara, I have to say many thanks for spending time to chat today. I really enjoyed it, and I think Mara's philosophies, Mara, your philosophies, they extend wider than just learning Irish, I think.
1: Definitely, it does. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a way of life. A way of it life. definitely is a way of life. I love it. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, to leave a comment for this episode, you can contact Mara directly at the email address she gave, Or you can come to the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast at bitesizeirishgaelic.com for slash podcast and find episode 21. And on that page, you can just leave a comment. It's as easy as that. And if you're loving the show, we always appreciate iTunes reviews, written iTunes reviews. And yeah, these days we're only really accepting five star reviews and you can send listener questions or suggestions or just any feedback directly to me and the email address is podcast at bitesizeirishgaelic.com Thanks to Tukumo in Japan for their music which you hear on this episode under a Creative Commons license and until the next episode, slán go fóll. bye for now